Join me and listen to John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. Ideas over individuals, elucidation over confrontation. From 6.30pm to 7.30pm on 98.4 Capital FM. It's just past 18 hours, 34 East African time and time for John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. Ham Jambo, welcome. All sovereign power belongs to the people of Kenya and shall be exercised in accordance with this constitution. The people may exercise their sovereign power either directly or through their democratically elected representatives. Every person has an obligation to respect, uphold and defend this constitution. Any attempt to establish a government otherwise than in compliance with this constitution is unlawful. Those lines from Chapter 1 of our 2010 Constitution on the sovereignty of the people and the supremacy of the Constitution give us, the people of Kenya, great cause for satisfaction. After all, it is we who are really in control because of our Constitution. But the reality seems to be other. By and large, we have to keep up with the news daily to find out what is going on around us politically. We have no real say And when it comes to exercising our democratic right to vote, we regularly hold elections after which people are killed or are injured or are sexually abused or are internally or externally displaced or there is great destruction of property. Now, we're gearing up for another set of elections in August 2022 and... As my guest, sir, if I may, from your knowledge and experience, may I ask you to first respond to this question as opposed to statement, and then our conversation can go on from there. So here goes. What does the Constitution mean to you? Well, the Constitution... uh means many things to me. First, um, it's a struggle. A lot of people don't realize that uh, the struggle for the, you know, the new constitution started just after independence. Personally, I've been involved in it since the 70s. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is uh, the constitution for me means hope. Uh, the vision of that constitution puts us in a, a trajectory where we could become a better society, you know, uh, going forward. 
the constitution also uh, is transformative in the in the sense that we change various aspects of uh, our lives, whether it's the politics, whether it's land, whether it's the way elections are conducted. There's a lot in that constitution that is uh, about hope and uh, optimism of making Kenya, you know, a better society. But my riposte to you was the idea that you have a sort of track. Let's think of people who are believers, spiritual, and we've got the Bible, we've got the Quran, we've got the Gita. Mm -hmm. These are all roadmaps as to right conduct. But do they necessarily, as airy, well, let me not comment on, on, on that. Let me just say that they're a succession of words that have no bearing on reality. And that's what I was trying to do in my introduction, to say all very well, but what's your comeback on that? And the, and the fact also, sir, that uh, the person to whom the Constitution is directed has no say. Well, uh, I've said this, uh, uh, a Constitution... Okay, the document itself is legal, ideological, and political. The reality is that the people themselves have to breathe life into the, the Constitution. There is resistance to the vision of the Constitution, uh, you know, for sure. And when you look at the struggles to implement it, you see this very clearly. You know that there are certain forces who are basically saying no, this this constitution is too progressive for you know our interests, and uh, the others who uh, basically say no 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 the vision is good. And then when it comes to the ordinary people, you you cannot talk about the constitution without lo looking at how we organize our politics, okay? Which is if you have politics of division you won't get the masses, as we call them, united in capturing this sovereignty, this super, supremacy that they have. And uh, that's a struggle in itself. Struggle indeed. I, I, I get the word directly. Could you give me one instance as a, a, a bearer of historical memory mm. when the masses, Wanainchi, Wanjiko, Atieno, mm. Aisha, have directly had a bearing on the way things turn out. Would you tell me that in the recent past when we're discussing the change of the constitution to have the BBI and the ruling, wasn't it all sort of namby-pamby, airy-fairy, uh, judges on a bench discussing great legal issues? The man in the street had no idea what was going on, <laughs> and they had no expectation of what might happen. <laughs> well, that's what I've called the, uh, you know, the politics of division, that uh, it's the drivers of BB, BBI who in my view, are forces that uh, wanted to undermine the Constitution, okay? And uh, the forces that want to under undermine the Constitution are very powerful. They're very clever. You can't underestimate them. Uh, and they have a following of the masses, right? So it doesn't surprise me when you hear people say, well, 
if my baron has read the the constitution and he says that it should be changed i'm okay with this okay so that's the reality that you you know you're talking about you cannot talk about uh implementing the constitution without looking at how politics are organized in this country well, we'll come back very directly a bit further on onto that, those three initials that you mentioned, BBI, because we've gone out into the streets and asked the people mm. what they feel about it, and maybe we'll have you comment later on. Okay. But going back into this idea of here I am, I'm a Kenyan, mm-hmm. and you're telling me that the, the lay person, that the lay man, the lay woman is saying things were really, really bad, we've changed things, and now things ought to be better, but in essence, there is nothing to show for it. Can you see this idea of disillusionment, this move towards apathy uh, with regard to a document which should really make us buoyant, expectant, hopeful, ambitious in words that you've evoked before? Yeah, um, it's, that's a political question again. Uh, I always tell people that the, the Constitution, the Constitution is use the metaphor of a beautiful baby that is born, right? Well, I love metaphors. Let, let's okay. see whether you can carry it through. That's I'll right. come back on it. Okay. Beautiful baby being born, okay. and then we hand it over to the dares. You know who the dares are? No, I'm afraid not. Child traffickers. Oh gosh. Okay. Right. And people uh, traffic uh, body parts. How do you expect that child to be nurtured and to grow? In a sense, that's that's that's. It's important that the leadership, the political leadership that implements the constitution, is a leadership that believes in its vision and is loyal to that vision, and that's. In a nutshell, in my view, is what is the problem because we kind of handed a beautiful baby to the dares and well, we're reaping the consequences of it. With respect, I'd like you to perhaps change the metaphor because that particular metaphor doesn't give any kind of responsibility. Uh, the, vo- the, the voter, the citizen, votes as an adult. And I'm saying, as Kenyans, if we've established a culture so many years after independence that our expectation of our politicians is that they should have perhaps dancing skills every time they address <laughs> us, the first thing that they must do is to sort of do a few moves and we think, well, he's still got it in him. He may be 60, he may be 50, but he, he can move uh, to reggae, to, to rock, whatever it is that we're saying. And the masses, again, the people who are about to vote are going to also join in the dancing and then spend the next half hour uh, being uh, privy to any number of promises. When we get into power, everybody's going to have a monthly stipend. When we get into power, the cynicism is, are you telling me that in five months' time, everything is going to suddenly change just because you, sir, have taken over? Whence my cynicism, if you would? I'm not saying that things are going to change. 
they will not because i'm talking about the political leadership that is going to implement the constitution okay and there is of course i also need to say that it's not that the the leadership that is trying to dismember the constitution is not being challenged there are challenges all the time okay there is resistance you know to what what they are doing but that is hardly ever uh, documented or you know discussed okay and it's it's that's the history of it that uh, there will be forces that don't want the constitution implemented but people still uh ask for their rights the right to food the right to education and you saw that during the covid pandemic when people actually talked about those 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 issues but come august 9th okay the the promises <laughs> that are being given they will be forgotten and it's 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 a good thing for kenyans to to to, to basically reflect on that and the issue that you raised about their sovereignty they need to get very very serious about politics of issues uh, their material interests and 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 uh, forget this dancing that is just full of promises which are never kept i i'm still going to go back to this idea of direct intervention mm. when we had the segment in our history very recent when we had the mpigs kind of um event where people got up and they basically went to outside the houses of parliament uh, a demonstration we're not going to name names because we've built ourselves as people who are going to address ideas rather than individuals okay and the the idea then that when the people did give some kind of direct criticism and come out in numbers a whole bunch of trucks came clobbered them for a few seconds took the ringleaders and took them away and 6 months later things were back to normal quote unquote normal there's no more there's yeah. there isn't any normal it's but that, that was that, that that was that was the direct intervention of the people yeah but because that, i'm still asking you to address this idea of how what what the in this particular part that we can address i'm basically saying i asked you what the constitution means to you i'm trying to adopt your uh, belief and let it also mean something to me mm. and at this point in the game i'm trying to say i feel quite powerless and maybe fearful yeah but so the know. constitution doesn't empower me to be strong and courageous and brave yeah but the question really to ask is why it doesn't empower you to be brave and optimistic what is it well the idea that i might be beaten up or shot yeah but <sighs> but the 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 people who demonstrated it against uh, the mp's yeah the mpigs the mpigs yeah the that pi- was the, the, it was the mpig movement the at the pigs. time as i remember it they fall in a trajectory of very serious resistance from the independence days okay so direct direct action by citizens it's always there it's just that sometimes we don't recognize it and those are our teachers 
the people who stand up and basically say what these people are doing is uh, anti-constitution and that's what I call voices in the wilderness. They always move to the center at the critical time. Okay, just just one before we have to take a quick break. Again, another image of this idea of maybe there's a Jamhuri Day celebration and I stand up and say, no, it's all very, it's bad. No, everything. And once again, uh, images of me being thumped, carted away. Uh, there was there was a citizen, there was a Mwanaichi uh, having a voice which was stifled very very quickly it's, it's ta- so so this this is this is what this is our norm this is our tradition it's not it's not stifled because yes. it's also heard by other people maybe they are not courageous enough at that point to uh to stand up but a direct action by one person is heard by many other people right so you you want the messiah you want the one person to stand up for 55 plus million Kenyans. Jesus, you want you Jesus, want me to be the yes. Messiah who... You yeah. know, Jesus did, Muhammad did, uh, the prophets did. So it's, it's a, for me, it's something that I've seen over a period. You know that those voices that stand up, however few... They, they, they generate uh, uprisings. They generate uh, all manner of things. So, so I glorify the mad person in the market who people don't listen to because they say that person is mad. It's, it's if you listen carefully, you will find that the insane have sane moments, and that's the message that. Uh, should be glorified. Well, let's stop there for a minute, and uh, because we have to, then we'll be back. Sir, we're back. Um, I would like to think again about our elections, um, so many months' time, and I would like to express again, let's try to keep the focus if we can, because I'm talking to you as somebody who might think knows something about the Constitution. I'm saying that in the last time we had elections, uh, there is on record figures such as these. 1,133 deaths, 900 acts of sexual violence, 3,561 people injured. And if you sort of sit in people's homes, kitchens, bars and restaurants, they say that the kind of uh, situation that we're creating now, a couple of days ago, a man being stabbed to death uh, just before the nomination period, a couple of days ago, um, a candidate uh, being unable to fly off in his helicopter because you know the windscreen is being smashed. And this is five months to the day. You're telling me not to be fearful, not to be scared, because somehow my rights and my health and dignity are enshrined in a document called the 
constitution. Sir, are you trying to suggest to me that I should believe you and not book a flight out to Uganda as the latest destination and be in Uganda by August the 1st so as to be as far away <laughs> as possible? <laughs> I'm not persuading you, you know, not to fly out. Right. Uh, well, let's assume that I'm considering it. What would you do to um, appease me and say everything will be all right? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the drums of war are being beaten, you know. You, you know, that's what you have explained. Uh, there's no evidence that shows that the elections will be peaceful, free, and fair. Uh, so what do we do? Uh, my view is, my view is, uh, and the, the figures you've quoted uh, uh, out of the Krieger report of uh, after the 2007, uh, sorry, yes, 2007 elections. So um, I would convince you uh, that the forces, the forces that we've seen through by-elections and what you have mentioned uh, happened recently, uh, those forces are not going to succeed. They are not going to succeed because can because, we have a because clause in yes, there yes because uh, Kenyans are not going to allow it to happen they they still remember 2008 okay and again there are messages for peace that we have to pay attention to you know from the religious sector from the civil society and above all above all from the masters of the the candidates that we are talking about there is no way the foreign interests that that dominate kenya are going to allow you know to allow that to happen that's 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 my view that's my view so, so the, the, the voices against uh, this violence that can happen. So that's the advice I would give you. But I would still allow you to run to Uganda and Thank wa you. and watch <laughs> watch from there. Okay. Right. Because because here we 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 we're talking about what can happen. I'm just looking at maybe I'm just being optimistic when you're being pessimistic and both of us are right. I, I, I as a repository of historical memory mm. uh, again because we talk about this being a, a nation of, of young people, uh, the statistic is always trundled out that 75% of our population is under 25 uh, it's an amazing uh, fact, particularly for people our age. I, If you had a 25-year-old listening to us right now, could you take us through a trajectory of what we've gained since independence with regard to elections and constitutionalism? Uh, what have been the gains? What have been the losses? Uh, and what are the indices for the future? Um. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me. So long question. Maybe that's a three-hour lecture. Yeah. Uh, it's unfair, uh, but try no, hard. No, that's 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 okay. I I start in 1957. 
uh, that's during the colonial period, 1961. Uh, the elections were peaceful and um, maybe free, although we, the colonial administration made sure that there was no violence. Okay, that I remember, you know, as a fact. Uh, after independence, they, they, there were elections that, you know, uh, uh, were free and fair. When, it, when Kano became the only party, you know, a Diju party, when it became a Diju de facto and then a Diju of, you know, one party state, it's only the candidates, the Kano candidates who were, you know, contesting. And ordinarily, uh, there wasn't much of violence, except there was a lot of uh, rigging and so forth. Uh, uh, and of course, when they, they realized that the notion of secret ballot did not make sense to them. In 1988, you had the Mulolongo elections where people queued behind their candidates uh, and there was a lot of rigging in broad daylight. Um, if if you had a long queue and the colonel didn't want you to win, you lost. Okay? So, um, you, you know, so when you go through that trajectory, you get, you know, peaceful elections. Sometimes you don't, you know, get that. You know, in 1992, after uh, multipartism was restored, you know what happened in the Rift Valley. You, you got what were called ethnic clashes. All right? In the Rift Valley, you know, the, the Madoadoa narrative, which was uh, repeated in 2000 and, uh, you know, and, and, and seven. So it's, um, you might say, Within that trajectory, you know, the 2010 Constitution addressed that issue in abstract way, all right? In giving provisions in the Constitution about how we organize our elections. Because if you organize elections on the basis of ethnicity, and our elections are not only monetized, but they're also very, very ethnicized. If you do that, you're going to have violence, okay? And it, 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 it has happened. And that's when the state has to come in and, you know, stop it. But then the state itself uh, is captured by those forces, you know, those uh, divisive uh, uh, forces. But... Again, it takes us back to the 20th century constitution. If we uh, organize our politics and mobilize people on the basis of issues and not the basis of ethnicity, divisions, and so forth, uh, and uh, we create a nation out of the constitution, which is also a vision of the constitution, then there is progress. And you st still end up with who is in control political leadership that is in control. Right. I'm I, going to take you back on the idea of um, let's remember and it won't happen again. Let's mm. remember what did happen in 2007 and hasn't happened in the last so many years since. 
lots of chaos. And then, as you say, these external forces are coming in. People are jetting in. Uh, Ghanaian president comes and tries to quell us down. Our Tanzanian neighbors come to people sort of throwing really mean looks at each other and signing some kind of dispensation. So is that the norm that we've established for ourselves going into what is yet again a polarized election? (laughs) Are we going to encourage ourselves to fight first and being told you've been naughty little children, you must stop. Now, here are the sweets, share them. And then everybody's happy. Is that what you want me to look forward no. to as a citizen? But remember that I, I, I don't want, I don't, I, I don't want my property to be destroyed. I don't particularly want my uh, newborn baby to be shot at the marketplace. I mean, for me, the citizen, the stakes are extremely high, because when you, as a politician, have urged me to go out and fight for whatever there is to fight for, uh, you're the first to be ferried away with your guards in your SUV and off you go to uh, encourage me to do the same thing the next time. And I'm saying again, I'm saying again, what appeal might I make to my constitution? Well, in this particular case, there's one very important political development that you should reflect upon that uh, in 2018 there was a handshake. The handshake uh, resulted in the opposition joining the government. Maybe we can say to reinforce the dictatorship. Uh, but that that aspect is important in what we are discussing about peace and uh, about about uh, peace and peaceful elections because we can have have been arguing that uh, whoever wins election in 2020 uh, in August there will be another handshake because we the handshakes come from these foreign interests the ones who give those sweets that you are talking about they'll continue giving the sweets and uh, there will be a handshake. Uh, and uh, maybe the fourth one, that will be the fourth one, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know whether this is a saving grace or, or not, but I wanted to draw your attention, you know, to that fact that uh, although our elite factions like fighting, but they do come together sometimes at the dictates of their foreign masters and behave uh, as agents should. Time to stop again. We're back, uh, and uh, it's onwards. I, you, we spoke earlier about change, the future. Before 
we talk a wee bit more, uh, we went out into the streets, as it happens of Nairobi for the time being. Maybe we'll spread further afield as we progress. Uh, and we put this question to the masses of whom we have spoken. Do you think that the 2010 Constitution ought to be changed, that we need to change it 12 years afterwards? And this is a sampling of the answers that we got. Like it to affect some of us According to me, like youth to make andamis wasana. We are seen nowhere, nobody's even considering us. No nakunai mamboya kukosakazi, maisha me panda. Na PSC sitkona maitaji unona. They should change some at least that um sisi tuone kane mahali. Kama kiti ya senate. Ushasikiza those are the voices I was telling you are voices of resistance. Well, perhaps you could respond to them in the language in which they spoke. Well, kwanza. Mimi lisikia hivyo. Mm-hmm. Eh? Kuna haja gani ya kubadilisha katiba na amuja itekeleza. Kwa hiyo tutekeleze kwanza. Mm? Na kuna jambo jingine ambao wamesema uh, wazi kwamba wale watabadilisha ni wale ambao wakuzishwa eh, kubadilisha katiba ya eh, 2010. Yaani yao ni vijana wanasema ni sisi tuna haki ya kubadilisha hiyo katiba kwa sababu hatukuuzishwa na kwa sababu uh, mahitaji yetu ni tofauti. Naona? Kwa hiyo hiyo sauti hiyo ni sauti ya mwananchi ya wanjiko na sauti ya Mungu vile vile. vile. Okay. So you're, you're, there's nothing the, the, everything no maybe people will will listen to the voices of the people as expressed in our conversation. But I I, I, hope I, so. I, I but I I I I would mm. draw you mm. on this whole theory that's very throughout the continent that our development has to be progressive that the idea of Africa's time will come and we're always being compared to the are they the south asian tigers or some sort of animal uh, from south asia uh, singapore 
who in 1960 were behind us in terms of development, uh, but now they are what they are and they've gone straight ahead and we've, we're where we are. Now, is this a sort of savage indictment of something germane to African culture as such? We are condemned to be forever the poor cousins at the dining table? I think what that narrative says is and it's it's a great critique about Africa. You know, the continent that has all the resources. It's rich in resources. And our resources are being used to enrich, you know, others. As to the tigers. And I'm sure they were talking about uh, uh, Singapore. Indeed. You know, in I mentioned Singapore. You know, Malaysia and maybe Indonesia. That is a narrative about political leadership. Okay? That if you have a political leadership that focuses on the interests of its own people, they can be progress. Okay? Can you say that over the, the, the political leadership in Kenya since independence? I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. So, uh, and it's about. But you were talking about, about Messiahs earlier on. Uh, where is our Lee Kuan Yew, who's telling us to make sure we don't sort of throw chewing gum on the streets and <laughs> must make sure we don't pollute our uh, streets? What? What? Yeah. Where, where, where is it? It was come. It will come before Jesus anyway. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, they. They. It's. It's. Uh, it's 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 very 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 clear to me that uh, the status quo that we have is not sustainable and 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 it's not acceptable so all i was saying is there's nothing wrong when we critique that way it helps us think through this the, the critique the how we dealing with our resources how you know we 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 need to look at this constitution, it has some pillars that if implemented, it can get us into a tra trajectory of progress and so forth. Um, and so there's nothing wrong in being critiqued. May, may I appeal to your hist historical memory yet again? Yeah. We go back to the Kenya of the, the great provinces uh, the Rift Valley provinces and district PCs and people. We now fast forward to the era of devolution. We've got uh, 47 entities. Uh, uh, and now we're looking to a future where we create even more entities as, as a desire going forward. And this is of interest to me because when we had the ruling about the BBI, the idea was that everything within the BBI constitution was wonderful. The only thing to argue about was the, uh, the the provenance of this thing. The president shouldn't have been the one to set it. And we were told by at least uh, an aspirant leader that uh, as time will come, it will come back to on the table again, only somebody else is going to present it. And this time round, it's going to go through. And I, as the layman, the Monainchi, Atieno, Wanjiko, Aisha, I'm saying we're going to be the country of a thousand divisions. 
Yeah, um, let let me say uh, that the vision of devolution in the constitution was about equitable distribution of resources, equitable distribution of of political power, because we didn't want an imperial presidency, okay? And when it happened, the money was reaching the counties, okay, in Mandera and Wajir and Kitui, where I come from. Uh, people saw progress, you know, bridges were built and, you know, there, there was, of course, uh, corruption, uh, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? So, for, 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 for me, I go back to the vision, you know, and I go back to what you have called reality, okay? And they are not aligned. The vision is not aligned because those who are supposed to implement, uh, subvert, the vision of the constitution, the the provincial administration that you have talked about, the provinces and so forth, which were sites of dictatorship and lack of freedom, sites of uh, uh, corruption and so forth, they are still with us. Okay, the county commissioners are everywhere. You you have a very expensive parallel system of government when the constitution wanted it restructured so that we could solve, uh, save resources. The executive is to what it was. Chapter 7 of our constitution talks about representation of the people. I'm still going back to the people. I'm still going back to me. Yes. And we were talking about our elected members. And we're now talking about political parties, this idea of the build-up and how people are going to elect their nominees. Part 3, it says every political party shall abide by the democratic principles of good governance, promote and practice democracy through regular, fair, and free elections within the party. Again, I've read my newspaper, I've listened to my news bulletin, and I'm saying if there isn't democracy within the people who wish to lead us, they don't give us a, an opportunity. They'll say, OK, it's about time we had some women here. Therefore, we've got a woman already. All the men stand back. Are That's, we heading in the right direction there, sir? Of course not. We're not heading there uh, in the right direction. These are people. But this begs another question. Who not- in our society is calling out what we are expressing on this show on a daily basis instead of it being fodder for yet another headline and another headline ad infinitum for the next five months. Why can't we just say, no, this is wrong. Uh, We the people, we the people, we the people. Well, I'm quite certain that this idea of direct nominations that happens, which is unconstitutional and undemocratic, it's being opposed. I know a lot of people but, are basically saying... Sir, Look, you remember in my introduction, I said we have no say in what happens. We have to read. We're sort of being led by the nose on no, a daily basis. But, but, Yet the Constitution is... Sorry, I, you seem to be annoyed by my insistence. No, no, I'm not annoyed by your insistence. It's just that you're not listening to what I'm saying. Let, let me, I'm listening. Uh, I'm saying uh, that there are voices of resistance to that. A lot of people are basically saying, let's have democratic nomination. This direct thing of the leaders deciding 
deciding who is who is going to be given the nomination on the basis of bribes and uh, all manner of immorality. In my view, that section you are reading, which is Article 91, if it was implemented, okay, just like, like Chapter 7, all these guys who are in office, from the president down to the MCS, they wouldn't be in positions of leadership. And that's why I keep on coming to this uh, point that there is a vision of the Constitution which is being subverted. But there are voices saying, and we have heard some of them here, let's not, let's implement. Uh, at least I've made you smile. So that's <laughs> Yes, I'm always willing to smile. Uh, I'm always willing to smile. Uh, I, I probably are smiling because we're going to take another break so that I can think of another question. The great sadness says that we don't have all the time in the world. Who are you? Oh, uh, Willie Mutunga, uh, our Chief Justice and President of the Supreme Court, 2011 to 2016. Right. I guess um, a lot of people have heard about you and maybe those who have not heard about you and not going to vote, um, maybe they're still in their nappies. But for those of us who have, you have a reputation for courage. You've been jailed, come out of jail. I dare say you've been tortured. Uh, is there a recipe for courage that you might spread to the rest of the populace to include me? What is your, what is your, what is that bulwark that makes you? stick your neck out every so often? I guess it's historical. Uh, I was detained when I was innocent. Uh, I was detained for exercising my, uh, you know, human rights and uh, freedoms. And when I was released Form Committee on 20th of uh, October 1983. I was committed that uh, I, would, I would fight for my rights and I'll get other people to do the same uh, because gross in injustice has to be you know, has to be resisted, and uh, and nobody should accept uh, to be you know oppressed or to be denied rights. And I don't think it's the the question of 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 courage. It's it's a question of uh, it's it's a quality that all of us human beings have. That when you are oppressed, you resist. Is there an intersection? Uh, 
between that sense and religion, spirituality, if you would, because again, in the public domain, mm. much has been made of your spirituality. Now, we won't go into the last five minutes and start unpacking that. But there's this whole thing of we are a society where everybody, many people introduce themselves as children of God, believers, Christians, born again. And yet, here is our society with the corruption. How do you, how are we to make sense of all that in a way that perhaps others haven't, but you've reconciled yourself to live it at one with what you believe and how you act? The rest of us are sort of taking the path of least resistance and maximum riches. Can you repeat that question? Yeah, I'm yeah. saying why in a society such as ours, mm -hmm. you're saying, are you the only one who has a right to feel the way you do? There are 57 million Kenyans. If everybody was was you, William Mutunga, this would be paradise. I wouldn't have to go to Uganda. Well, but uh, I, I meet a lot of young people who um, have internalized the same courage they... Uh, you know, I I work with young people, whether they are artists or social justice activists and so forth, and I see, I see in them what I was when I was thirty-five. You know, the defiance. The uh, they are very clear about their material interests, what they want, and who who is denying them that. And uh, I, I think that's very encouraging. That's very, very, very encouraging. And um, I did say that even the the mad man or mad person in the market counts. So even those who stand up, you know, they get clobbered, you know, they get disappeared, uh, they get tortured and, and, and so forth. Whatever they stood up for, you know, stays with us. You must be aware, yeah. Ndugu, William, that you have a great place in our society. People respect you. People are writing books about you. People are publishing your speeches. In preparation for this, I came across the tome. Let me do a bit of pitch for you so that people buy it. Beacons of Judiciary Transformation, Selected Speeches, Writings and Judicial Opinions of Chief Justice Willie Mutunga. When you grew up, did you have this idea that people would worship you, sort of Mandelanize you, and perhaps erect statues in your honor? Is that your will to legacy and power? Not at all. Not at all. I, 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 I find the issue uh, of legacy or cult of personality or self-glorification horrible you know there's no point there's no point you just do what you have to do and leave it to the historians leave it to the people you know uh, so in in shakespearean terms you you are having greatness thrust upon you some are born great some achieve greatness some have greatness thrust upon them you are in category c I guess category C is which one? Thrust upon. 
No. You uh, weren't expecting it. Mine is a unique unique category. It was prophesied that I will be president of the Supreme Court. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Is this a is this the first time you've said this? Or you've said it often? Prophesied by whom? This is the first time I'm saying it. Prophesied by whom? Sorry, if if you if my, you wish to expand. By my grandmother. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah. Yeah. Okay. She told me that I will be governor. Okay. Okay. And since the governor. Right. So <laughs> with two seconds to go, you believe that there are people who can who can make that kind of prophecy. There are among us. I'm just interested to know. Yeah, there are. That's that's why I say uh, I'm a, a man of all faiths. Okay, so, so right, I'm going. One more question. We've got because we've got um, three yeah. uh, d- uh, three yeah. minutes to go. Yeah. The idea that okay, you are going to be governor. Did Grandma also prophesy that you would be president? Do you have a political ambition? Do you have a, a will to enter electoral politics? Because I'm sure we're all politicians in a way as citizens. But do you want to lead us? From the front, my grandmother's prophecy was uh, as was uh, confirmed twice. I was president of the law society, I was president of the Supreme Court. I don't have the energy and the drive to go into electoral politics, but how have my politics as a citizen of this country? So what are you going to do? You seem to be as fit as a fiddle. Um, uh, the next so many days, weeks, months, years, what are you going to be uh, doing with Voice, yourself? Voices in the wilderness. I'm going to be a prophet. Uh, expand. You've got two minutes to expre- expand. Voices in the wilderness meaning what? Meaning I'm going to be in a movement that tells Kenyans that they are being lied to. You know, these process, uh, promises are false. And that is high time they wake up. And I will tell them, if they don't, the Swahilis say, Mwiba Gujichoma pole." Well, we've all heard what you had to say. Uh, thank you so very much for being uh, uh, the pioneering guest, if not the president, of John Sibiokumu <laughs> on Wednesday. Thank you very much, Sir C.J. William Mutunga. Thank you. Thank you, John. Join me and listen to John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. Ideas over individuals, elucidation over confrontation. From 6.30pm to 7.30pm on 98.4 Capital FM.